Wednesday, we begin ministering on defining moments. Amen. Once again, let's look at the definition of the word define. The word define, it means to state or describe exactly the nature, scope, or meaning of. It means to make up or establish the character of. And it means to mark out the boundaries or limits of. Once again, the word define, it means to state or describe exactly the nature, scope, and meaning of. It means to make up or establish the character of. And it means to mark out the boundaries or limits of. Are you following me out here? Now, the word moment is a particular, is a, is a particular stage in something's development or in a course of events. Once again, the definition of the word moment is a particular stage and something's development or in a course of events. So God is saying there are particular stages in your spiritual development. There are going to be some course of events in your life that will define and reveal your spiritual state. Come on, say amen, somebody. Or describe the nature or scope of or give meaning of your life. Amen. In other words, there are particular stages in your spiritual development. There are going to be some, some course of events in your life that reveal and establish your character of who you really are. Are you following me out there? Amen. There's a particular stage in your spiritual development, folks. There are going to be some course of events in your life that are going to mark out the boundaries of, that you have put on yourself or the limits you have put on yourself. These are defining what? Moments. Somebody say defining moments. See, we will all have defining moments in our lives. Let me say it again. We will all have defining moments in our life. And we looked at Hebrews chapter 11 called the Hall of Faith. Amen. And we found out that each one of them had a defining moment in their lives. Go to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. And it states, by what? Faith. faith, what? Abel offered unto God a more what? Excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was what? Right. Righteous. It says, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, yet what? Speaketh. Now, we know Abel's defining moment was whether or not he was going to give God his best or his one-eyed chicken. Come on, say amen, somebody. Well, he's going to give God his leftovers or his first fruit. And we know Abel passed the defining moment, but Cain failed. Amen? Look at verse 5. It says, by faith what? Enoch was translated that he should not see what? Death and was not found because why? God had translated him. For before his translation, he had a testimony that he what? That he what? That he pleased God. Now we know when Enoch reached the age of 65, he had a defining moment. He was faced with walking with God or walking with the world. Come on, say amen, somebody. He was faith was ple he was faithful what? He was faced with pleasing God or pleasing man. Come on, he was faced with doing what God wanted him to do or doing what maybe some of his relatives or family wanted him to do. Come on, are you with me out here? And in that defining moment, he was either going to put his entire trust in God or just sell it and just sell out for God or what? Or have one foot in and one foot out like most people do today. Amen? And in his, in his defining moment, what's it say here in Hebrews eleven seven? 7? It says he what? He pleased what? God. He what? He what? He pleased 
God. Verse 5. He did what? He pleased who? God. In his defining moment, what did he do? He chose to do what? Please God. Instead of staying a heathen like everybody else. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at verse 7. It says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, not, not seen as yet, moved with what? Fear. What did he do? He prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became what? Heir of the righteousness, which is by what? Faith. Once again, this was a what? This was a, defi- this was a what? Defining moment with Noah. It was what? A defining moment. Come on. He had a defining moment whether to go with the norm of society or go with what God says is right or wrong. Let me say it again. He had a defining moment whether to go with no- the norm of society or go with what God says is right or wrong. It was his defining moment to find out where he truly was spiritually, folks. Come on, say amen, somebody. To define why he was even here for such a time as this. See, this was a defining moment to find out his true character, who he truly was. And what boundaries or limits he had placed on himself. So in the end, what what was Noah's reaction to his defining moment? Look at Genesis 6.22. What was his defining moment? What was the reaction to his defining moment? Genesis 6.22. That's when you go to your B-I-B-L-E. Or your telephone, whatever you have. Come on, say amen, somebody. Genesis chapter 6, verse 22. He, thus he did what? According to all what? God commanded, so did he. He did what? According to what? All God commanded, so did he. Now, going back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. He did according to what? All that God commanded him. In his what? Defining moment. Somebody say defining moment. In Hebrews 11, 7, it says, By faith, once again, being warned of God of things not yet seen, seen, not seen as yet, moved with what? Fear. Prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of what? The righteousness which is by what? Faith. It says by what? It says by what? It says by what? It says by faith. Because why? In that defining moment, we really find out where your faith truly is. Let me say it again. In that defining moment, we will truly find out where your faith is. Come on, say amen, somebody. And how he responded in that defining moment determined the fate of his entire household. Let me say it one more time. How he responded in that defining moment determined what? The fate of his what? Entire household. See, whether or not his household would be condemned with the world or what? Saved from judgment. See, if you're going to be even nominated for the Hall of Faith, there are going to be defining moments in your life where you have to choose what direction you're going to go. Amen? And that direction you choose to go can be detrimental to your family or could be a blessing to your family. Matter of fact, go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. But we're all going to be, come on, we're all going to be faced with what? A defining moment in our lives. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. What's God say here? 
Okay, you there yet? I'm giving you time to get there since you don't have the screen. You can't do a cheat sheet. <laughs> he said, I call heaven and earth to record, record, to record this record to this day against you, that I have set before you what? Life and death, what? Blessing and cursing. Therefore, do what? Choose life that both thou and thy seed may what? Live. God said, I set before you a choice. What was that choice? Life or death? Blessings or cursing? Come on, say amen, somebody. And then he said, there's a record being written in heaven and on earth of which one you have chosen. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. In other words, all of heaven will look at that record in heaven to see what you did in that defining moment when you were presented to do the right thing or the wrong thing. Okay. It says even the earth is recording what you do in that defining moment. In other words, your children are recording it. Your husband or wife is recording it. Your family and relatives are what? Recording it. Your co-workers are even recording it. Your boss or your supervisor are what? Recording it. Your clients are what? Recording it. See, people in the earth are recording what you're going to do in that defining moment. And God is sitting there trying to coax you to make sure you make the right choice. Come on. So he says, let me give you what? The answer to this what? Pop quiz. What did he say? Choose life. <laughs> Do the right thing. Why? That both thou and thy seed may what? Live. Do the right thing regardless of the pressure to do the wrong thing. Or the pressure to do what everybody else is doing. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Your family is in the balance of the choices you make. Let me say it again. Your family is in the what? Balance of the choices you make. And once again, there are going to be defining moments that you're going to have that, are, that have the potential of changing the course of your life and the course of your family's life. Go back to Hebrews 11.8. Once again, there are going to be what? Defining moments that can have the potential of what? Changing the course of your life. Or changing the course of others' lives around you. That can be serious, folks. So the decision that you make just does not just affect you. It affects those around you, including your family. So stop being selfish. Let me say it again. Stop being selfish. Come on. Stop being what? Because a lot of times, the decision that we make is only pertaining to us, how we feel, what's going to make us feel good. We forget about everybody else that has to suffer because of our decisions. Okay, amen. Hebrews 11.8. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he is called to go out into a place where he should have to receive what? For an inheritance did what? 
obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in a land of promise as, a, as in a strange country, dwelling in what? Tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Listen, you're going to find in every defining moment of, of your life, faith is involved. Faith is involved in making the right choice. Some might say faith. faith. Amen. And see, sometimes, listen to me now, sometimes you cannot see beyond the forest. You can't see be, what's behind that. Come on. See, that defining moment, see, the, the, the forest has a, there's a promise behind the forest, but you can't see it. All you can do is go by faith. God said go. Somebody say God said go. And see, sometimes in that faith moment, your flesh gets in the way. It gets in the way of what? Of you making the wrong choice. And sometimes your reasoning gets in the way. Come on. And you make the wrong choice in that what? Defining moment. Because sometimes your brain goes tilt. Anybody's brain ever went tilt? Come on, anybody else's brain over this side ever went tilt? Because you're trying to what? Figure all this thing out. And see, that ain't, that's not faith. Tell your neighbor that's not faith. See, faith and flesh doesn't mix. Come on, faith and reasoning doesn't mix. In that defining moment, it's going to have to be by faith. Somebody say by faith. Now, we'll see in Abraham's case where he made faith decisions and he made flesh decisions. And throughout his life, he, faced, he was faced with what? Defining moments. Amen? The defining moments that gave them, listen, the defining moments that gave him the name, the father of faith is when he used his faith in compromising situations. Are you following me out here? Now, I call them defining moments. But the Jews, according to the Shemals, calls them tests of faith. They call them heavenly tests. Somebody say heavenly tests. And by definition, listen to this now, and by definition, a heavenly test is one that forces a person to choose between God's will and his own nature or understanding of what is right. Let me say that slowly. By definition, a heavenly test is one that forces a person to choose between God's will and his own nature or understanding of what is right. Let me say it one more time for you can get it. A heavenly test is one that forces a person to choose between who? God's will and his own nature of understanding of what is right. What to say? There's a way to seem as right in the, in, in the man's eyes. But the end is what? Death. See, Abram, listen to this now. Abram was tested. So I'm telling you, neighbor, he was tested. He was tested by what? Being forced. Being forced to what? To subordinate his wishes and his wisdom to those of God, folks. And in those defining moments, 
that what you and I call challenge, challenging, he passed the test, but sometimes he didn't pass the test. But everybody in this room, you're going to have the defining moment that's going to challenge you. Abram had to prove his greatness. I'm going to say, say greatness. He had to prove his greatness by not passing just one test. The Shemal said he had to pass 10 tests of faith. Some might say 10. Some might say 10 again. So how many do you expect you're going to have to pass? On a minimum. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many defining moments are you going to be faced with before you become the man or woman God wants you to be? Why? You see, it's not up to God. It's not even in God's hands. It's in yours. Let me say that again. It's where? It's in your hands. Tell your neighbor, it's in your hands. Tell somebody else, it's in your hands. Come on. It's the choice you make in those what? Defining moments. Go back to Genesis 12.1. Well, we'll see his first test or defining moment. Genesis 12.1, are you there with me? Notice what he says here. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, do what? Get thee out of thy what? Country. And from thy what? Kindred. And from thy what? Father's house. How many people know this was a defining moment for Abram? See, God commanded Abram and Sarah. Because she is part of this, folks. To do what? To sever all ties with their past and sever all ties with their loved ones. In other words, start life all over again. Tell your neighbor, that's a defining moment. And see, this is not an easy decision, especially if you have achieved some type of status and you were successful in what you do. Come on, say amen, somebody. So we know Terah, Abram's father and family, where they were idolaters. Are you following me out here? They served many gods. Amen? And this is the way Abraham was raised. He was raised this way. Tell your neighbor, he was raised this way. Just like some of you, you were raised in certain denominations. And you had defining moments of whether or not you're going to stay, with a, stay as a Baptist <laughs> or an Anglican or Catholic or become a part of the Word of Faith movements. Come on, you had a defining moment. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, for some of you, that, that, that was a defining moment in your life. I remember Miss Vincent was challenged with that. <laughs> I know she was going to the church down the street, the Baptist church. And when she first came to Word of Faith, she received everything. She was excited. Then she had, she, then she had a look on her face. I'm in the valley of decision. <laughs> <laughs> 
So she tried to go back to a Baptist church. Am I right or wrong? <laughs> and she found out she just didn't fit anymore. <laughs> she was at a what? A defining moment. Amen. And next thing you know it, she was joining Word of Faith. Why? Because that was the, what? A defining moment. And understand this. By faith, you have to take that step. And by faith, some of you took that step. Come on, say amen, somebody. And I'll ask you a question. Have you regretted that decision? Let me ask you again. Have you regretted that decision when you took that step of faith? Come on, say amen, somebody. And understand that sometimes family gets very upset with you when you leave their denomination. Yeah, ma, 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 ha, ha. And guess what? Abram wasn't any different, folks. He had to deal with family members. And he had to deal with congregations. When he told them, I'm leaving. <laughs> there were three levels he was leaving, folks. First, it says his country. He told him to leave his what? Country. Come on, that was his customs. His friends. His acquaintances. Come on. His occupation, everything he knew. Then he was told, lead your kindred. Come on, we know who they are. Uncle John. Auntie Mildred. Cousin Sally. Cousin John. Those you grew up with. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then it says, leave your father's house. Oh, Lord. That's your immediate family. That's mom, dad, sisters, brothers. Yeah, throw grandma in there. Amen. Those that live in your house. It could even be son, daughter, depending on how old they are. Oh, shake Namaha. Why? Because they are all accustomed to the old you. And they're not ready for the new you. And some are never going to be ready for the new you. Hello. Come on, are you with me out here? And you'll be, you'll be just like me. Well, they actually tell you, I like the old Ronnie. <laughs> the one that used to party all the time. The one that used to own the club in downtown Detroit. Come on, say amen. Somebody. That's the one I like. You ain't, you boring now. Come on, are you with me out here? So this becomes a what? A defining moment for you. But the question is, can you walk away and don't look back when God tells you to leave and go into a land that I will show you? Oh, come on. Is anybody with me in here? And guess what? And you don't even know where you're going. All you got was leave. Leave. Start packing and go. And see, this is where your faith is really challenged. Why? Because you don't have all the answers. And see, that's what faith is. Tell your neighbor, that's what faith is. Faith is doing what God tells you to do when you don't have all the answers. Let me say that again. Faith is doing what God tells you to do when you don't what? 
have all the answers and you won't get the answers until you go. God has said, I'm not going to show you anything until you get out and go. Until you get out and go. But this is how good God is. Now, he doesn't tell you where you're going. He doesn't tell you everything. But he does give you a promise. He promises, if you, he promises if you make the right decision in that defining moment, folks, he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I'll make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. And curse them that curses thee. And in thee all the families of the earth be what? Bless. In other words, something great is going to come out of you facing that defining moment and doing the right thing. Let me say it again. Something great is going to come out of you what? Facing that defining moment and doing what? Doing the right thing. Now, faith comes in when you make the decision to, 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 to think about it. You have to decide when God tells you that. Here's where another challenge is. Is that the voice of God? Or is that my voice? Or is that the devil? Okay, all right. See, faith comes in when you have to make a decision is that really God's voice or not? Amen. Do I really trust what I'm hearing? Why? There's an unknown word out there. And I don't know what's going to happen. Are you with me out here? All I have is his promise. Now, is he really going to uphold his promise? Come on, I barely know God like that. This is all new to me. Come on, are you with me out here? Walk by faith and not by sight. What is that? Somebody say defining moment. Come on, tell your neighbor defining moment. So what did Abram do in this defining moment? Or his test of faith? It says in verse 4, so Abram did what? Abram did what? Departed as what? The Lord has spoken unto him. And Lot went with him, and Abram was what? Seventy and five years old when he what? Departed out of Haran. Did the blessings come? Yes. But understand this, folks. You cannot take those defining moments lightly. You got to take them seriously. Tell you now you're taking them seriously. It says in verse 5, And Abram took Sarah his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their what? Substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan, they what? Came. So here he is. He's in the land of Canaan. And just after he settled down in this new homeland where God promised him every blessing, every manner of blessing, what happens? A famine hits. Look at verse 10. And there was famine in the land, and Abram went into, down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was what? Grievous in the land. Come on, it was bad. Tell your neighbor, it was bad. When it says grievous, the word grievous itself means massive. It means abundant, numerous. It means hard, difficult, burdensome, very oppressive. 
I mean, it hit that part of the land hard, folks. Amen? But some might say, another defining moment. But, Lord, wait a minute. I did what you told me to do. I got out of the land. I followed you. And once I get there, a famine hits. What meaneth this? Come on, are you with me out here? See, during them defining, listen, during those defining moments, it's very important that you make sure you hear from God. See, to you it looks like God is not coming through. But God sees your end from the beginning, folks. Awesome. See, you're going to make it through, but you're going to have to just stay in faith. And you've got to learn how to trust God. Are you with me out here? Amen. And I know, I, you know, you probably heard the story before. We had the same situation when we came to St. Thomas. We had a defining moment. God said, go to St. Thomas. So we went to St. Thomas. Church opened up November of 1997. Bishop came down. Did the opening service. By January of the next year, I got a phone call saying, Bishop is cutting back. There's going to be famine in your life. <laughs> for the <laughs> he cut our salary in half. Here in St. Thomas. <laughs> Here in St. Thomas. And on top of that, the county department kind of messed up. And they paid us for January. And I got a note saying we made a mistake. So whatever they overpaid you for January, we taking that back. <laughs> so what little 50 cent we were getting. We were getting zero. On our paycheck stub. Zero. Somebody say zero. zero. There was famine in the land. <laughs> Come on, are you with me out here? There was famine in the land. Now, I could have said, God, what's going on here? Which I did. <laughs> I was like, I said, hey, I did what you tell me to do. I'm here in St. Thomas. We ain't even been here a year yet, and there's famine. All my money that they were paying me went to rent. And utilities. So we had zero coming in. There was famine in the land. And I even called Bishop. I didn't call. I called Pastor Gill at the time. But I wasn't going to call Bishop. Because <laughs> there's channels you go through. Amen. I called Bishop. I called Gil. I said, Pastor Gil, what are we going to do? I said, do you realize what things cost here in St. Thomas? <laughs> Have you been to the grocery store when you, when you were here? 
He said, Ron, I'll talk to Bishop. <laughs> and he talked to Bishop. He got back on the phone and he gave me Bishop's answer. Bishop's answer was, well, tell Ron. <laughs> there really wasn't two decisions. There's only one. Tell Ron, he can pack up the church, pack up the bags, we'll sell the church, and come back to St. Thomas, and he can get his old maintenance job back. Detroit, yes. That was a defining moment. Do you hear me? Amen? That's when me and my wife went into prayer. <laughs> and we had to come to a conclusion, if God sent us here, he's going to take care of us. Come on, are you with me out here? And when we made that decision, then God came through and got her job. Amen. Working for a lady here, I've been taking care of an elderly lady. That was just enough to pay our tithes. And we did that just to pay our tithes, folks. But nobody in the congregation knew what was going on. We didn't have a sad look on our face. Oh, Lord, we, this is, we're in famine, y'all. We broke. Y'all don't know we broke. We ain't got no food. <laughs> nobody ever knew it. But God kept coming through. Churches didn't even know me was inviting me to speak here in St. Thomas. And they just give me honorariums. People was coming with food at the church, bags of groceries. Didn't even know what was going on now. Why? In that defining moment, because we made the right choice, God took care of us. Come on, come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. And see, God told Abram to do what? Go to Egypt. Egypt? Do you know what's in Egypt? Come on. To him, it seems like it's in direct contradiction of what God promised. See, in this defining moment, he had to really decide if this is God's voice or not. Famine? Egypt? Come on, say amen, somebody. Then he said, my marriage is going to be challenged. Why? Because e these Egyptians are known for their immorality. And I have a pretty wife. What if they lust after her? Because if they do, they're going to take her and kill me. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then that means everything God said went out the window. Are you with me out here? Why? Because they're known to do things like that. So what did he do? He went to Egypt, amen, but he didn't completely go in faith. But he did go to Egypt, like God told him in that defining moment. But as soon as he passed that test, what he greatly feared ended up happening. In the next defining moment, he ended up compromising. 
What did he do? He told the Egyptians that Sarah was his sister to save his own butt. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. But think about it. Did he really think God would tell him to go all the way down to Egypt so that he could be killed by the Egyptians for his wife? Come on. What happened? His flesh and his reasoning got the best of him. And in that defining moment, he made a bad decision. Somebody say he made a bad decision. That could have cost him and his family materially and also spiritually since Sarah was to be the matriarch of God's chosen family. But thank God for his mercy. Come on, thank God for his grace. Because, listen, if it hadn't been for God, where would we be right now? If we think about all the dumb mistakes we made, it's only by the grace of God that we're even here today. Say amen, somebody. So when Pharaoh took Sarah in his house, what happened? God intervened. Now, think about this. To Abraham... Everything was working out just the way he planned. As a matter of fact, he was enjoying himself. Not understanding the seriousness of his decision. Because look at verse 15. Verse 15, it says, The princess also of Pharaoh saw her, commended her before Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into what? Pharaoh's house. Verse 16, And he entreated Abram, Well, This man was taken care of for her sake. <laughs> and he had sheep and oxen and he had asses and he had men servants and maid servants. And she asked, and, hey, he was hooked up. Come on, he was living it up. Come on, you with me out here. Then he's, I know he's probably thinking, maybe this is what God was talking about when he said, I will bless you. Maybe he'll just bless me without Sarah. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Why? I seem to be doing well without her right now. And see, sometimes when you make the wrong decision, you try to justify yourself. Because in your mind's eye, everything, nothing seemed to change. Come on. When in fact it did. Oh, you're with me out here. To you, listen, to you, you're still making the same money. You're eating well, living well. God to give me another woman. God to give me another man. Come on, say amen, somebody. Everything seems to be fine, but it isn't. Tell your neighbor it isn't. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, you would be in serious trouble. Come on, no telling what would happen if God didn't intervene. Come on, are you with me out here? So what did God do during this failure of Abraham's defining moment, his lack of faith? When he failed the test, verse 17, it says, And Lord plagued Pharaoh, and his house with what? Great plagues, because what? Sarah, Abraham's wife. 
Listen, I can't even imagine all the times God saved my butt from bad choices and I didn't even know it. See, God chose Abram and his wife to be the profound change in the spiritual nature of all mankind, folks. But the very people he was called to save and change were the people that he was responsible for the plague that hit them. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. That defining moment that you're facing can affect those you call yourself being hooked up with. Anybody listening to here? Think of verse 19. Well, look, 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 what the, look what Pharaoh said. And why this thou? Why sayest thou she's my sister? So I might have taken her to me wife. Now therefore behold thy wife. Take her and go thy way. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him. And they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. Pharaoh said, listen, you are wrong, man. You're wrong. Why'd you do this to me? I'm here giving you all this stuff and you lied to me. Here, I don't even want the stuff back. Take your wife and the stuff and get out my face. I don't even want to see you again. Somebody say defining moment. Somebody say defining moment. Come on, we're all going to have what? Defining moments, folks. Go to Genesis 14, 11. His next defining moment and test of faith was when he had to face those four kings at the lot and his family was taken. Genesis 14, 11, talking about those four kings, it says what? And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their what? Victuals and went their way. And they took who? Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. And there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre and Am the Amorite, the brother of Ishkol, and the brother Aner. And these were what? Confederate with Abraham. Now understand this. Now when Abraham heard the news, he could have had two different responses, folks. Now he could have said, listen, I gave that boy a choice. He could have taken the land that I'm on. And he wouldn't have to deal with all the mess like this. No. Instead, he decided to live in a heathen city. Because he thought he was getting the best part of the land. Oh, come on. And Abraham could have said, listen, he made his own bed. Now he has to what? That's on him. That's on him. That was a what? Defining moment. But how many people know in this room that we are still our brother's keeper? Whether we want to or not. Look at Galatians 6 1. We are still our what? Brother's keeper. Galatians 6, chapter 1, chapter 6, verse 1. Look what we're admonished to do. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual. We got a lot of spiritual people in this room. 
You which are what? Spiritual. Restore such a one in the spirit of what? Meekness. Considering thyself, lest thou also be what? Tempted. Verse 2. Bear you one another's what? Burdens. And so what? Fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think of himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceive of himself. But you got to read this from the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation reads it this way. I don't know if they got it or not. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto their right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptations yourself. Verse 2 says, share each other's burdens, and in this way you obey the law of Christ. Verse 3, if you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Listen, regardless of what someone did to get into that situation they're in, we are still responsible to help them get out. Yes. Amen. Amen. Oh, boy. Y'all need some prayer. Lying right here, you know. <laughs> Let me say it again. Regardless of what someone did to get in that situation they're in, we are still responsible to help them get out of it. He said, in this way, we obey the law of Christ, which is a law of love. Especially if you call yourself a godly person. Then he said, you should gently and humbly help that person get on the right path. That means, that doesn't mean get on their case. That doesn't mean talk to them roughly. It says be gentle because why? You just might run them away, which has happened so many times when people finally come back to church. And they come to the door. And somebody said, I'm so glad to see you. Where you been? That ain't what they want to hear. And a lot of times they don't come back. Why? People know they're wrong already, folks. But they don't need you to beat them up with their wrong. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. Don't ever think you're too important to help somebody. Don't ever think you're too spiritual to help somebody get on their feet, folks. Just because you're not having the same challenges as they are. Because everybody got something they're dealing with. Nobody in this room has arrived. Come on. Amen. And see, he's even talking to those that think they're spiritual. Amen. Well, look at Romans chapter 15, verse 1. Since that tickled your fancy. Romans 15, verse 1. It says, we then that are strong ought to bear what? The infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. 
It's not about you getting a pat on the back so that you can feel good about yourself. So that you can get some brownie points from God. God doesn't work that way. Especially if it's something he expects of you. In the first place as his child. Come on. He expects you what? To bear the infirmities of the weak. Verse 2 says, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to what? Edification or building up. For even Christ pleased not himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproaches thee fell on me. You see, you still got to ask yourself, what would Jesus do? Verse 4, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our what? Learning. That we through what? Patience and comfort of the scriptures might have what? Hope. What we're reading about in Abraham. And his defining moments is for what? Our learning folks. So, when, so what? So that when we're faced with that defining moment, we can make the right choice to do what God expects of us. Oh, come on, you with me out here. Verse 5, now the God of patience and consolation do what? Grant you to be what? Like-minded, one towards another, according to who? Christ Jesus. But I got to read this from the Message Bible. The Message Bible reads it this way. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter. And not just do what is most convenient for us. I wonder when I have time. Only if I'm going in that direction. Oh, I was getting really quiet in the Presbyterian church. Come on, say amen, somebody. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to what? Do what? Look after the good of people where? Around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? You ask people, how can I help? And then when they tell you, Don't sheep away. Help them. See, God will make sure you have what you need to help them. But he's looking at your character. He's looking at, are you really the spiritual person that you say you really are? It says in verse 3, that's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself. Let me say that again. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's trouble. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's trouble, but waited right in and did what? Helped out. Look what he said. I took on the troubles of the troubles is the way the scripture puts it. We're supposed to do what? Take on the troubles of the troubled. Because there's a lot of troubled people out here. Verse 4, even as it was written in Scripture long ago, you can be sure it's written for us. God wants the combination of his steady, constant calling and warm personal counsel in Scripture to come to characterize us. 
keeping us alert for whatever he will do next. See, they see God in what you do, folks. And he says, I want you to stay alert for whatever I want to do next through you. Through who? Through you. Finally, go to James chapter 5, verse 19. Are you getting anything out of this? Come on, we're talking about what? Defining moments. You're going to have defining moments of whether you're going to help somebody or not, folks. Especially your brothers and sisters in the Lord. James 5, 19 says, Brethren, if any of you do what? Err from the truth and one what? Convert him. Let him know that he which what? Converteth a sinner from the error of his way shall what? Save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of that. That's just how serious this is, folks. And we're all going to have that what? Defining moment, whether we help that person or whether we don't. Go back to Genesis 14, 14. Let's finish up with Abraham. What did he do? Verse 14. And when Abraham heard that his brother was what? Taken captive. This is a key point here, folks. Notice it says, when Abraham heard that his what? Brother was taken captive. He didn't call out his nephew. Come on. He called out his what? Brother. He looked past the natural bloodline and addressed him according to his spiritual bloodline. You're my brother in the Lord. I even treat you better than my natural brother. Okay, hallelujah. And when Abram heard his brother was taken captive, he did what? He armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them to what? Unto the end. Listen, he didn't worry about whether or not he had the resources to help his brother. He didn't worry about whether or not he, was, he had graduated from Pistis. Whether or not he was trained to tell his brother not to do the right, do the wrong thing. Oh, shit, came my, 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 my. Listen, you don't have to be trained to show love and care for others who, whatever reason, have gotten themselves into trouble. You don't need a degree for that. And we know because he knew he was blessed, the blessing would take care of anything lacking in his life, folks. The question is, are you blessed? Come on, are you blessed? Look at verse 16. It says, and he brought back what? All goods. All the goods. And also what? Again, his what? Brother Lot and his good and the women also and the what? People. In this defining moment, Abram did what? He yielded to the will of God concerning his brother. And that's one of the reasons Bishop stated, O year's night, that you're going to have to follow the royal law of love this year like you've never done before. Why? Because you're going to have opportunities this year. To either stay to yourself or help somebody in need. This is going to be a defining moment in your life. 
And guess what? It can decide if God can use you or not. Amen. Lift your hands and give God praise. Come on, lift your hands and give God glory. Come on, lift your hands and give God honor. Come on, we're talking about defining moments, folks. Defining moments. Defining moments. Defining moments. That's going to test your character. Defining moments is going to test where you are spiritually. Defining moments is going to find out how many limits have you placed on yourself. Hallelujah. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor, Lord. Hallelujah. And you're going to have to make a choice in that defining moment because why? They are coming. They are facing you right now in some cases. And what you decide is going to determine a lot of things in your future. And the future of your family. Father, we thank and we praise and we glorify you. We magnify.